What is up, guys? I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and this is episode 10 of the Fortitude Live podcast with Mariana Gasparian and Sergei Ponomarev. Super excited for this episode, guys. This is probably one of the most unique episodes I think I've ever recorded, honestly. Um, I was out in California back in October with Marcus, uh, right around when I filmed episode eight with uh, Pitbull. And I was down in the San Diego area and trained out at Cali Elite a little bit. And while I was out there, um, I know obviously Marianne and Sergey trained there. And I had the idea to record this episode with them. One of the reasons why I wanted to record it is I've never heard or seen them record an episode on a podcast or really heard them, you know, do a lot of talking. And for obvious reasons, English isn't their first language and, you know, understandably so it'd be difficult to to make the episode. But I said, well, hell, why not try it? You know, I'm sure they have some extremely valuable and interesting things to say. Lots of insights, given that, you know, Mariana right now is currently an IFBB pro bodybuilder, uh, freshly, and pound for pound, you know, the strongest female or, you know, individual based on, you know, Wilkes score and a lot of other world records she's hit in the world. So I pitched the idea to them and they were very receptive. And so they brought a friend on, his name's Mike, super cool guy, and um, they brought him on to translate. So the episode runs a little bit longer, and I was I was kind of 50-50 on if I wanted to edit it or not, but I felt like if I edited it, it wouldn't really preserve kind of the integrity of the episode, you know? I I've, I've didn't want to take out a lot of the more organic feel of the episode. So it's a little bit longer of an episode and it takes a little bit more patience to listen to because there is some back and forth of English to Russian and back to English. But I think, you know, I think there's a certain authenticity in listening to that. And some of the insights that they provide are extremely interesting. And I try to do, you know, I try to do my part to summarize what they're saying to kind of clarify um, you know, it, it obviously, given the language barrier, is a little bit tricky in doing so. But I think I think you guys will get a lot of interesting insights from this episode from them. They talk about training, nutrition. They even were forthcoming about you know uh, drug supplementation at a high level in powerlifting as it comes and applies to females. So I think that's a very you know taboo topic that they were willing to. Um, to broach with me, which I think will be very interesting from for a lot of people listening to this uh, to this podcast. Obviously, keep the ignorant comments to yourself. You know those of you who are thinking them, but um, you know it's obviously a very very real thing that happens at peak elite levels of sport, especially in powerlifting. Um, without further ado, this podcast is brought to you by Certified Piedmontese Real Nebraska Beef. You can visit their website at www.piedmontese.com. Use code Fortitude Live twenty five at checkout for twenty five percent off your order. I know uh, everyone likes saving money, so don't hesitate to use that code. If you go look at their products, I highly recommend trying uh, at least a couple different cuts of their beef. Um, the bavette steak, the petite tenders, the filet mignon, even the ground beef, like you really can't go wrong with um, with 
any of your choices from their website. Their animal husbandry is second to none. Um, the, the meat is extremely tender, very flavorful, very low fat content, which is crazy how tender the pure muscle protein of the beef is in and of itself, just without any crazy marbling or anything. You know, the cholesterol is low, fat's very, very low, like within single digits of grams, which is very exceptional when it comes to beef. So their product really is second to none, especially for a health conscious meat eater when it comes to like cholesterol and fat intake, if those are things you're watching to limit your calories. Very, very healthy product. I recommend it, giving them a try. Visit them on Instagram at certifiedpiedmontese.com. And don't forget at checkout to use code Fortitude Live 25, as I mentioned previously. Um, enjoy the episode guys. It's a little bit longer of an episode. Keep this in mind. Um, feel free to skip around to different spots of them talking about things. I may try to, uh, make some notes in the show notes of, um, of the episode of where you can hear certain things if I have, if I have a moment to do so. So, um, without further ado, check it out. Make sure to, uh, like and subscribe and uh, share it and tag myself at Ian the Rhino at Fortitude Sports Performance. Make sure to tag Mariana and Sergey and Mike as well. Enjoy. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, it's Ian, and I am actually here at California Elite Training Center in San Diego. Um, I dropped into LA a few days ago and uh, visited Pitbull Torres, and I'm down here now. I traveled down to San Diego to visit visit some friends. Been training down here, and this is the home gym right now of the Mariana Gasparian and her partner Sergi. Uh, don't let me butcher this, Ponomarev. Yes. Is that it? Did I get it? Exactly. Okay. I, I do my best. Sometimes I'm, I can be bad with names. But um, uh, Mariana is the current number one powerlifter female pound for pound in the world right now. I believe you just, you just broke the all-time total Wilkes in sleeves correct and she already had it in wrap so well over 700 wilks uh, we'll talk about that soon but you guys um you know for those of the audience that are listening that don't know who you guys are because some people aren't super familiar with powerlifting uh why don't you guys go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves marion if you want to go first and sergi you can you know add in and uh okay miss no Представь себя, кто ты такой, и немножко про себя расскажи. Ага. Меня зовут... My name is Sergi. Ты будешь переводить другое на русском. Throw your mic a little bit closer. A little more. Окей. Ну, мне 40 лет. Я муж и тренер Марианы. И занимаюсь спортом уже более 20 Лет. So um, my name is Sergey, and I'm a husband of Mariana Gasparan. I've been uh, uh, in the uh, sport of uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding for over 20 years, pretty much almost getting to a uh, 30 now. And oh wow, yeah, 27, 27, 27 <laughs> okay. years, okay. 27 years. Yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, his purpose and passion. So he just uh, pretty much living his dream, doing what he loves the most. Okay, that's amazing. Where are you guys from? Because I know, I know you speak primarily Russian, and that's why we have a translator right now. Um, where are you guys from? And, and you know, tell everybody a little bit about your story before you came here. How did you end up here? Because 
I, I'm not going to lie, I went and brushed up on open powerlifting and looked at how many meets you've done, which is like 30-something. It's in the 30s. It's insane. And I saw a lot of meets from Russia. I saw some meets from Kazakhstan. And so why don't you kind of give people a bit of an idea as to kind of where you're from and your story? Like, growing up, have you always been insanely strong, you know? Like, you know, what have you always been insanely strong? Have you, how have you come into powerlifting? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh. So we are from Kazakhstan. Okay. Uh, but I'm originally from Armenia. Okay. Какой вопрос? Я занимаюсь пауэрлифтингом уже восемь лет, выступаю на соревнованиях семь лет. Как ты пришла вообще в пауэрлифтинге? Вообще, что тебя сподвигло на вот именно этот вид спорта и как ты начала вообще? Кто ты была раньше до того, как ты стала самой сильной женщиной в мире? Окей, я никогда со спортом не была связана. И пауэрлифтинг это для меня был абсолютно новый вид спорта. Я даже не знала, что это такое. Okay, so uh, she said uh, in the very beginning, uh, uh-huh. so she lives in the Kazakhstan, she okay. had no idea what sports were, she has no idea what fitness was, okay. no powerlifting, and, okay. uh, she w- and uh, before that she was just a standard regular person, I yeah. guess uh, she met the... The Sergey. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. She said, uh, before powerlifting, actually, I was doing a lot of dancing, so she okay. was dancing for nine years. All right, all right. Yeah. And Okay, so that was uh, uh, how they met. They met, and uh, first time when they met, before he even uh, Sergey knew who Mariana was. Uh-huh. First question he asked her: Do you want to be a champion of the world? <laughs> That's <laughs> what he yeah. asked her. Yes, because for the whole reason, for some reason, he already been in the industry for a while. Sure. S- uh, some kind of that gut feeling, maybe the intuition. And the way that he could see the potential in Mariana mm-hmm. a lot. Sure. So uh, that was the very first question. He didn't care about anything else. He's like, you want to be a world champion? Well, I mean... She was like, yeah, yeah, I want to be a champion. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And what kind of sport are we talking about? <laughs> okay. So, so when, Sergey, when you met her, you had already been, you know, obviously, it seems like very well-versed in strength sports, very well-versed in strength training. Where did you get your sort of degree and experience from to be able to recognize that in her? Сергей, вот до того, как ты вот встретил Мариану, откуда у тебя уже было столько опыта, ну, и вообще, как ты уже, ну, имел, ну, какую-то экспертиз в плане того, что пауэрлифтинга и всего. До того, как я предложил Мариане стать спортсменкой по пауэрлифтингу, я уже имел более 10 лет опыта заниматься бодибилдингом. Я ничего практически не знал про пауэрлифтинг. Единственное, я знал, что как растет сила, исходя из того, когда тренировал по бодибилдингу ребят, я знал, как растить силу. Какие-то базовые знания по пауэрлифтингу были, но я никогда не был на соревнованиях по пауэрлифтингу, я никогда не углублялся в правила. И я был уверен, что когда я заметил, как она 
попробовав какие-то движения в спортзале, что я смогу нарастить эту силу, учитывая ее маленький вес собственный. Думаю, должно получиться. И я была первым uh, спортсменом именно по пауэрлифтингу его. Да, я. Okay, so Sergey is saying that, uh, well, uh, before um, they got into powerlifting with Mariana, he had over 10 years of experience, mainly in bodybuilding. Okay. And he had, uh, he started recognizing from the early, from the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, the way power progresses and evolves sure. in the human, how to basically improve and increase power in, mm -hmm. in, in, in humans. And uh, uh, once he saw her performing a couple of basic lifts, uh -huh. he recognized the potential and he was like, man, I can bring this to the next level i can expand this yeah. and uh, like you saw the maybe the numbers she was lifting without even training his big thing like i i compared the numbers she was lifting in the beginning the first mm -hmm. time to her body weight yeah and, and like her frame and everything and he's like yeah hey, this just is in an untrained state almost mm -hmm. yes oh 100 untrained state that's 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 you know that's very interesting and i feel like for me you know and seeing that and you know my limited experience in powerlifting i've i've only done it for a few years um, I came into powerlifting, uh, you know, with a base of CrossFit. And so my first meet, you know, I'd, I still had a pretty high training age. And, you know, whenever I started, I, I you know, my first meet was maybe uh, 1,600 total at, at 90 kilos. And, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that start powerlifting, one of the really, one of the really cool things that I really like to see is a lot of these people that start powerlifting and a lot of good athletes, if you go back to their first meet, their very first meet, and you look at their numbers, it's almost like that first meet, their numbers are already what most seasoned lifters are already hitting. And like that's their baseline, maybe from being an athlete in the past or maybe, you know, playing a sport or even dancing. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you come into the sport just like with a natural talent, a natural gift, and that's usually, that's usually shown in that first meet. And whenever I was looking on open powerlifting, I looked at your first meet, and your first squat and sleeves was like 165 kilos, and your bench was 85 kilos, and your deadlift was like, I think 160 kilos or so. <laughs> so right off the bat, you're hitting numbers, you weighed in at like 56 kilos, I think. So you're hitting numbers that like people, you know, th those are the best numbers they ever hit. And then from there, it seems like you did meet after meet and you just continually progressed and progressed and progressed. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty amazing. Now, Sergey, do you have like, did you, are you like your career is your career in strength and conditioning or is it did you do this on the side or do you have like an academic background in um you know in biology or chemistry or strength or training or um or did you just come by it because you like to do it and you learn by experience and being around other people химика, там, биохимия или там просто э, физкультура и э, откуда вот эти вот все знания и откуда это все пришло? С 13 лет, ага. когда я по-настоящему -по погрузился в этот спорт и увлекся им, я тщательно изучал вот все, что связано с этим спортом, от питания до, 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 до всех аспектов, и фарма, и медицина, и физиология, все-все-все. Это было моим буквально хлебом насущным. Я, ну, посвятил много-много лет этому. Буквально mm -hmm. я только я был настоящим фанатиком. Mm -hmm. Вот я ничего кроме этого не знал и не видел. So he said, uh, from age of 13, when I first uh, got into the sport, uh -huh. my, uh, my main uh, um, 
concern was getting the the, the information the knowledge i was sure. seeking a lot of knowledge in, okay. in every aspect of training okay uh performance you know nutrition uh endocrinology just sure. to seeing how you know our bodies work and sure. how they respond so was that uh it was so fascinating to me so it was like i was submerged in this mm-hmm. so i think he's saying he was submerged more into knowledge uh-huh. first sure and learning and sure. you know back in kazakhstan where uh, they mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. uh it, it, there, there was no internet there was no yeah. availability of anything so if you can get a book yeah. or a magazine of some mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you'll be eating it's it it's a like gold <laughs> mine yeah it's a gold <laughs> mine that's really cool Where, was it primarily through literature or were there any people that maybe inspired you that you learned from any mentors mm-hmm. any experts that you knew any names you know any any athletes or кто из людей были люди или просто литература какие-то там материалы что было вообще это были трудные времена не было интернета и буквально по крупинкам эта информация годами собиралась где-то ты однажды увидишь великого спортсмена где-то не очень великого где-то пробуешь что-то применить то что делали где-то прочитаешь и чем больше появлялось уже когда появился первый интернет но это дало конечно большой скачок еще больше обновить информацию So uh, it was very hard times mm-hmm. uh, back then. It was what, like 90s? 27. Start. No. Hey, go. Какие годы были? Beginning of 90s, right? 94, so, 95. Uh, n- n- 90s, 94, 95 was very tough times sure. uh, back then. Sure. Uh, information was h- hard to get. No uh-huh. internet, no nothing. So yeah. uh, if uh, they heard some, they tried it and applied it. So it was mm-hmm. more like here try it on yourself yeah yeah sure and, and then trial and error. they got to meet someone uh-huh. and you know they would get a little bit of information yeah and uh, then apply it yep that's it so that's i think it's a pro science to be honest yeah yeah where you take science and you take uh experience sure. and knowledge and you put it to work yeah Yeah. Of course, of course, and, and I think a lot of my own training has been trial and error. You know, fortunately and unfortunately, I think when people learn training through experience, you're it's much more detailed and you have much better of an intuition in terms of like what you're learning. Whereas, you know, if you just read something from a book, it's like you have the knowledge, but maybe the practical application, you're not so well versed on how to how to apply it. And so when you learn something, you know, one of the things I've always been told and one of the things I've always believed is whenever you learn something and you do something yourself, you're always going to be that much of a better teacher. Whereas if someone just tells you something and then you just spout it out to somebody else, then, you know, sure, it's like, It might work, but when that person tells you, well, there's this subtle variation, you don't really have anything to go off of. And and for me personally, I mean, I'll just use the example of a sumo deadlift. When I started sumo deadlifting, my form was atrocious and my low back was hurting. You know, I had knee pain because, you know, I had hip pain because I was lifting with internally rotated feet. And, um, you know, it was a trial and error process over a course of six months to get to a very technical deadlift that I have now. And just because I learned through trial and error, it did take me a long time. It was very frustrating. But now that I learned it, you know, myself from, you know, the feet up to the, you know, up to my, you know, my head pretty much every where I want to put every part of my body, I'm much better able to communicate that to other people now and teach them that so i think there's something to be said for that now you know you mentioned that it's very there you know it was very difficult time at that point in time 
at what I'm really curious at what year did you guys decide to come to the US and what led up to that like what what kind of stuff did you guys experience because obviously in, in the US right now you know people you know will say oh we're on tough times and we're you know going through all these things and all these protests and stuff but one of the things that I've learned and this isn't so much training and nutrition related this is a little bit more life related um you know I've traveled quite a bit outside the US and I think a lot of people in the US don't necessarily appreciate what they have here and kind of the opportunities they have here so like maybe if you could give our audience a little bit of an idea of like some of the things you guys faced and difficulties you guys faced um, maybe uh, before coming to the U.S. and, you know, around what year you guys came, um, just, you know, to give people an idea of, like, how, how like, the kind of things that you dealt with. То, что он говорит, что, ну, расскажите нам, я, наверное, понимаю, что люди, наверное, не понимают, насколько они, ну, насколько им повезло, живя в Америке, и они не понимают, сколько всяких разных возможностей у них есть по сравнению с вами. И вообще, когда вы решили переехать в, в Америку, и вообще, что вас подвигло? И, то есть, ну, расскажи контраст между Казахстаном и Америкой. Ну, самым лучшим решением в моей жизни это было переехать в Америку два с половиной года назад. Что в отношении спорта, что в отношении жизни. Потому что в спорте в Америке есть все для того, чтобы расти, для того, чтобы быть лучшим. Как бы у нас мы старались тоже максимум выкладываться, делать из того, что было, но у нас не было столько возможностей. Потому что... В плане детали. Потому что здесь элементарно, даже в зале есть разные грифы для приседаний, для жима лежа, для становой тяги. У нас был один единственный гриф, и то только в нашем зале, в городе их не было. Один только олимпийский гриф, который качался для тяжелой атлетики, который постоянно качался, и когда я выходила на большие веса, там 180-200 килограмм, меня начинало трясти вот так, и мне приходилось ловить эту штангу. Здесь, конечно, такой проблемы нету, и, соответственно, я могу здесь лучше тренироваться, больше. Угу. Легче вот. зарабатывать Л на жизнь. Да, легче зарабатывать на жизнь, и можно больше времени уделять как бы, ну, тренировкам, спорту, отдыху, отдыху да, питанию. То есть здесь, угу. здесь воздух другой, лучше занимается, ну, как бы э, усваивается та же самая фарма лучше, питание э, намного лучше печень принимается, лучше печень лучше работает, да. So what she's saying um, was uh, go back to to the Sergey. So um, mm -hmm. and her, uh, they moved here two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And Mariana said it was the best thing that ever happened to wow, okay. my life. And they're they're super appreciative. And uh, they uh, basically it's uh, it's very big contrast. Yeah, yeah. Between Kazakhstan and stuff. Yeah. so when it comes to powerlifting, as mm -hmm. she said back in Kazakhstan. Uh, in the city, they had only one gym that had only one Olympic bar. Mm -hmm. So when she used to train, there was a rusty. But it was not powerlifting bar, uh, bar yeah. it Olympic bar. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what she's saying, like uh, when I used to lift, I had to like constantly adjust because the thing was, you know, I, I mm -hmm. go on a big weights mm -hmm. and it just start wobbling and yeah. momentum and all that. So yeah. and uh, in comparison here, it's just that's the first thing that pops mm -hmm. is like the availability of uh, different accessories, mm -hmm. uh, top line equipment. 
and um, you know everything from the mm. beginning. And then she said that even air feels better here yeah, yeah. Uh, than the food. Mm. She said the food and ability to get the good quality nutrition, mm. so it adds to overall your health. Yeah. So um, Sergey said the biggest thing like liver, mm. you know. So like it, it, the the foods you eat, yeah, and sure. it, You know that that the quality, extra, and yeah. So level of nutrients and yeah, so you can absorb and your body responds to uh, different. Uh, uh, supplements yeah mm-hmm. uh, better uh, yeah of yep. course yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course sure sure uh, also she uh she said that uh most importantly stress and recovery yeah yeah because she can rest here she mm-hmm. can uh, recover more better mm-hmm. and uh she does it in stress where it's like i can make more money here yeah. because there's availability like i can go and win x mm-hmm. amount of yeah, you know, course. prize money. Of course, yeah. Back home, forget about it. Yeah, so... И, конечно же, очень сильно влияет на, на результат то, что у меня сейчас отсутствует перелет как бы с Казахстана в Америку mm-hmm. и временное, потому что yeah. мне не приходится приезжать за 10-15 дней для того, чтобы адаптироваться. Mm-hmm. Я нахожусь как бы дома, и я по нынешнему времени могу выступать. Это тоже mm-hmm. огромную роль играет. So she's saying that uh, another uh, biggest contributor uh, to success is that elimination of the travel time uh, and, okay. and you know time difference mm-hmm. the, the jet mm-hmm. lag yep. uh, from her perspective mm-hmm. it affects her lifting pretty drastically yes Sergey said just 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 was traveling and 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 you know the time difference and everything mm-hmm. readjustments at five percent I'm losing just in, in weight yeah yeah approximately but I would my level expect. five percent is uh, too much yeah <laughs> no that's too I mean and, and at the level you're lifting at you know five percent that's the that's the difference between podium and and you know being fifth or tenth place or whatever because everybody's up there hitting those numbers now that's pretty interesting you know you mentioned that your nutrition was worse there than it is here and you mentioned you know the food quality here is better what was your diet like back that back there in, in um in kazakhstan versus here like what kind of what would your routine be like what would you eat there versus how is that how has that changed to what you eat now and how does that make you feel в Казахстане очень было тяжело. Я всегда старалась правильно питаться и всегда старалась сохранять свой вес. Но в Казахстане было очень тяжело с питанием, потому что культура. там культура не позволяет. То есть там каждый вечер ты идешь на какой-то праздник, и каждый вечер там всегда очень много еды, там стол все ломится, и тебе приходилось все равно есть. Там мы кушали практически те же самые продукты, но в больших количествах это было, это было совершенно другой уровень. То есть только когда ты идешь в гости, ты не можешь сидеть и ничего не кушать, особенно на праздник. Если вот. каждый день гости. Да. То есть это особенно а, а, там, а там были каждый день праздники, и каждый день мы находились в гостях где-то. So, uh, the culture in Kazakhstan is, uh, it's, um, it's almost like, um, it's uh, not acceptable for you when you go to uh, visit your friends okay and if there's any like a celebration or just uh, to get together and they're very close yep so basically they say like uh, we think like celebrations like be once a month yeah. maybe twice a month uh-huh. there's like every day yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when you go to you uh, eat their food yeah and you have to eat a lot so oh. it's cultural so like you yeah. cannot so the amounts of food yeah 
and it's just like it was very difficult to balance it and if you just go there and sit and not eat anything mm. uh, they will like they'll it'll be an insult to yeah them. yeah it, uh, and, and it'll be like they'll take it very seriously yeah. i bet mm -hmm. and so maybe here there's maybe less of a commitment socially to um you know when you go hang out with people people are more understanding here you probably bring your food <laughs> when yeah. you go places i mean you know people will make fun of me and and joke with me i pretty much don't travel anywhere with like some food with <laughs> me because you know in, in the u.s it's like you know most people don't have great habits in terms of their diet in terms of their training and so if you you know people like us who train and we compete and we you know want to put high quality fuel into our bodies we really have to look out for ourselves and, and you know with my business and I work with a lot of nutrition uh, athletes and one of the big things that I tell people is you got to look out for yourself you can't expect other people who don't have your level of habits to cater to your level of habits um, you kind of you know if you're gonna go to a friend's place for dinner or you're gonna go to an event you have to basically expect them to be catering to kind of the status quo which unfortunately is not very high and so you know i recommend people even if you know they don't know what there's going to be at an event that they go to or maybe they go to you know their family's place or whatever i always recommend people bring a meal that is you know exactly what they need to eat and they don't have to tell anyone they don't have to show anyone you can put it in your bag or your purse and you go in and you scout out and you see what kind of food that they have available and then you can make your decision and you can maybe get a small plate to be polite and you know show them that you're participating maybe take a bite or two you know just just for the appearance sake and then maybe like go around the corner and eat your food and then come back and be present <laughs> um but yeah i i think you know that's that's a very interesting thing and i think a lot of people in the united states aren't really used to you know those cultural differences and they can't they don't know you know how much emphasis is placed on those things that's so very interesting you mentioned that now you know i'm really curious as to specifics so if you could you walk us through like what or both of you walk us through like what a day looks like in your eating like when you wake up what do you eat at lunch what do you eat you know pre post workout maybe at dinner because so. both of you you know sergey and mariana you know you just did a body a bodybuilding show and you both have phenomenal physiques and that's something that's very difficult for people to attain and it's you know a ton of it is related to your nutrition so i'm really curious about specifics because i might take some pointers for myself и вообще, давайте, может, since it's a powerlifting uh, podcast mm -hmm. mainly, maybe let's talk about uh, your main, uh, you know, uh, powerlifting diet, and then maybe you add after uh, the the bodybuilding aspect sure, of it, yeah, like like yeah. how let's say uh, like what was the biggest competition you've done? I understand. I understand. Uh -huh. Смотри, я вижу powerlifting сегодня. Да и как начал тренировать Мария, он совсем по-другому никак видит его весь мир. So Sergey said that uh, uh, from the beginning, uh, the time when I start training Mariana, mm -hmm. I, I have a different vision mm -hmm. from powerlifting. Mm -hmm. Almost like step out, mm -hmm. and I look at it from the different perspective and different angle. Okay. Из-за того, что мы вышли на самый высокий уровень, и мне интересно тренировать на самом высоком уровне. Для того, чтобы быть на самом высоком уровне, ты должен следить за уровнем собственного веса, уровня жира, и 
в то же время быть самый высокий результат. Для этого ты не можешь просто поднимать, как вот все пауэрлифтеры хотят много поднимать, но ни капельки не беспокоясь о своей диете. Потому что пауэрлифтинг почему-то стало означать, что ты должен много кушать. И никто никогда не будет говорить о том, что «Ой, если мало калорий, я не смогу расти в силе». Это вот прям правило или закон пауэрлифтинга. Но, Но ты мы, в него не веришь. Мы на самом деле нет, так не считаем. Конечно Сергей отрибутировал много, когда относится к и пауэрлифтингу. И это видение пауэрлифтинга, что он смотрит на это get there and lift the top amount of weight mm -hmm. and be at the top. Mm -hmm. But the powerlifting community focuses solely on weight. Yep. And the weight and basically the the whole trend is the bigger the weight, the bigger the calories. Yep. Uh, with them that he doesn't believe in it. Okay. He said that you don't have to eat crazy amounts of sure. food. Mm -hmm. Sure. A and he said, and he attributes this just body weight. Mm-hmm. The weight lifted, mm -hmm. calories in. You have to maintain a certain, uh, you know, um, body fat percentage, yep. mm -hmm. and uh, you know, certain body weight to X amount of weight that you are lifting mm -hmm. because overall you um, overloading your system. Okay. Because I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm bodybuilder myself, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I, I've been 280 pounds before. Yeah, it's, it's not it's comfortable. It's hard to live, bro. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's interesting. So, just to kind of summarize, what it seems like is that, you know, a lighter athlete will recover faster. It, it's what it sounds like, and that may, maybe the volume involved in heavy training mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily need so much calories to fuel. Mm -hmm. Maybe as long as you're providing hydration and electrolytes and protein and micronutrients and things that are digestible and not so much heavy calories, 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 that an athlete can still perform at an extremely high level and doesn't necessarily need to be eating, you know, four, five, six, seven thousand calories a day to feel great, you know. Maybe you can stay pretty lean and still perform pretty well. You know, obviously you have a very lean physique and so do you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that's a really, really important message because I think that's lost on a lot of people. Uh, just to, to clarify, uh, do you want me to ask him to go maybe into macros a little bit? And yeah, see? yeah, we'd okay. love to, yeah. Uh, uh, ну, опять же, вопрос по калорийности и для тебя, как для тренера и для тебя, что вы вообще считаете uh, по макронутриентам, то есть, чтобы восстанавливаться, то есть, ну, есть жиры, протеин, uh, углеводы. Uh, акцент на что ты больше ставишь, когда доходит дело до восстановления и потом уже перформанс, uh, ну, как сказать, uh, выступление, yeah. да, вот, вот когда сила идет, что тебе нужно, углеводы, жиры, белки, как ты это все составляешь в плане программы? Ну, я скажу, что мое питание сильно не изменилось с того момента, как я, допустим, начала выступать в бодибилдинге. И мне не стало сложнее по бодибилдингу готовиться, потому что я практически всегда имела такое питание, как, как сейчас. Можешь в деталях объяснить? А, ну да, единственное, раньше, когда я готовилась на пауэрлифтинг, я а, начинала свою жесткую такую диету, mm -hmm. а, там, допустим, за месяц до соревнований, для того, чтобы начать вес скидывать, а до этого как бы я позволяла себе больше углеводов съедать. Отлично. Сергей, вот у тебя а, понятие какое? Сила растет, когда ты даешь ей больше углеводов, а, протеина. Как, как, как вы но, вообще... Но практика показала, практика показала, что а, в связи с тем, что я убрала углеводы совсем 
совсем, то есть я до 50 грамм углеводов сейчас в сутки, э, в сутки съедала. Э, сила э, все равно росла. Сила все равно росла, то есть несмотря на углеводы, я ела их много или мало, моя сила росла, и я в этот раз на соревнованиях показала достаточно хороший результат. Белок был высокий. Э, белок был высокий, я ем 1000-1200 калорий, в основном съедая как бы белок, потому что 50 грамм у меня только углеводов, вернее до 50 грамм, и туда же входят овощи. Вот. Поэтому в основном, конечно, я было 50 грамм углеводов, 30-50 грамм жиров, и остальное все я добирала, естественно, Но белками. Но раньше не было такого большого, чтобы... Нет. Окей. Okay. So, uh, uh, in, course, uh, is, uh, what she's saying. Before, her diet hasn't really changed that much. Uh, but uh, before she used to eat more carbohydrates. Sure. And uh, this time, since she was getting ready for bodybuilding show, mm -hmm. her carbohydrates was near non-existent. Yeah. They were up to 50 grams a day. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said the correlation between carbs, more carbs, less, her power was still going. Okay. She had high-protein diet. Uh -huh. I mean, uh, whatever was left was uh, attributed to fat intake. But okay. then she's saying she was, what, 1,000 calories? Mm -hmm. Okay. So thousand. around 1,000 around calories and stuff. And uh, I just want Sergey to talk about his, uh, uh, he shared with me a lot his uh, philosophy on uh, rest yeah. and recovery. And he talked to me even as a bodybuilder, how important is that to um, focus and be in tune yeah. with rest periods. And of course, it's much more, I guess, more important in powerlifting and yeah. strength. Sure, sure. So okay. let's, yeah. So, so we'll start to kind of transition into the training side of uh -huh. things because... Mariana just did a meet where you did a, a was it physique or was it women's physique? Women's no, so body bodybuilding. Oh, yeah. okay. Women's bodybuilding. That was yeah. one of the few shows that still, still left did. for okay. women's bodybuilding. So she did a women's bodybuilding show. Mm -hmm. Did you? What did you place first? So she won a women's bodybuilding show. Of course, overall, that's overall, right? Yes, overall, which overall is everything. She won everything. Was that your first show? Yes. That is pretty cool, isn't that's got to be pretty cool. And then go, to go from that, and then the showdown was four weeks later? Uh, four weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know you probably bumped your carbon take up a little bit during that. So, but, um, but so she went four weeks later, went to the showdown. You hit an insane total. It was, it was what, a two, 230 kilo squat? Uh, 220. 220? Two, two, 230, it was a high squat. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm big on um, uh, signaling uh -huh. and uh, changes and adaptation. Mm. So my question to her, mm. did, did bodybuilding, you think, made you uh, kind of almost your body almost hungry for mm -hmm. those nutrients, for this everything? So you had four weeks, your body, yeah. oh, man. Overcompensated like, a little bit, probably. Like th that's what I'm saying. Like, like a post-show rebound re rebound almost. Rebound comp. Yeah. You think that was uh, a big contributor to your success at that meet? Вот то, то, что у тебя после билдинга, ну вот был это вот ребаунд, mm -hmm. ну то есть когда организм хочет больше yeah. нутриентов втянуть, это, как ты думаешь, повлияло на твой результат на лице? Нет, потому что я и во время сушки на бодибилдинг очень редко ходила на большие веса, очень редко, но они были, но очень высокие. Они были высокие результаты все равно. 
То есть, okay. несмотря на диету, на жесткую, yeah. результаты, они не падали. Uh -huh. То есть, я сохранял этот уровень. Ну, как ты думаешь, вот этот вот толчок, то, что было больше калорийности, потом вот идя в, в, на соревнования в Павлике? Ты знаешь, я не добавляла калорийность, потому что у меня... Ты, ты останов... Тысяча калорий? Да. Да, тысяча калорий, потому что я не могла себе позволить, потому что у меня сейчас через неделю еще соревнования. То есть, у меня после, бодибил... после пауэрлифтинга через 4 недели бодибилдинг опять. Okay. Через so... 3. Let's, let's, let's take this rebound magic mm -hmm. and re-come back. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Miss uh, Uniqueness right here. Okay, okay. <laughs> so no she unique. Would, yeah. This is approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I want to say alien <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because that, this is, this is, it's unheard of mm -hmm. to me because so four weeks uh, we, we compete at the bodybuilding show. So we okay. peak, yep. we deplete, we carb up, whatever. Yep. Then she said, I did not bump my calories. Huh. I, I had like one day she ate whatever she wanted mm -hmm. just to kind of... Like a refeed? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she went back to low calories, 2,000 calories, 50 calories from carbohydrates, 50 grams of carbs. Uh -huh. But a lot of those uh, grams came in from uh, vegetables. Okay. So it was barely no carbohydrates. Okay. And she's... Because she knew... She's gonna do a meet again, uh -huh. the powerlifting meet, mm. and four weeks later, three. three weeks later, she's gonna do another bodybuilding show in Chicago. Oh wow! Okay. So she is in this very, very strict deficit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So we got the nutrition point here. Sergey mm -hmm. said that uh, uh, even when they were training, mm -hmm. they weren't uh, getting to the sub maximum weights in the mm -hmm. gym. Mm -hmm. They were lifting heavy, mm -hmm. but they were getting to the sub PRs. Yeah. So, um, and um, I mean, okay, the, so they still consistency was there yeah. with, with the progress, yeah, with the heavyweight, okay. But so, uh, что мы изменили после bodybuilding show, я резко поменял nutrition в какую сторону на две недели на большую часть и на более длинные препараты, и это увеличило ее больше задержку воды. И это мы сделали более менее безопасным для вас. Мы можем говорить про фарму здесь, да, да, окей, я думаю, да. So now uh, let's talk about the uh, advanced supplementation. Yeah, sure, and, uh, sure. So, so he can. So basically, nutrition was very consistent. Okay. And there was not much uh, change in nutrition. Sure, But sure. when it comes to advanced supplementation, so yeah. obviously for bodybuilding show, yeah. uh, you use uh, faster esters. Anything that minimally retains the water has sure. uh, uh, mild or maybe androgenic activity okay. and uh, conversion to you know okay. aromatization. Okay. So, so so just to pause, just for the listeners now, bodybuilding is a sport that is untested so the competitors are allowed to utilize you know different drugs from certain uh, derivatives of testosterone to diuretics to mm -hmm. you know different hormones that influence the somatropic pathway Absolutely. to peptides so everything is kind of allowed in there and it's not necessarily looked down upon while it is something that it can you know be somewhat taboo in mainstream culture it's you know pretty acceptable in a lot of parts of the world and you know a lot of these athletes are very very educated and very very advanced with their use of these things Absolutely. and so you know so um we're getting a little bit of an idea now as to kind of what goes in on that side of things when it comes to you know the bodybuilding competition and then leading into the powerlifting meet so why don't you you know just for everybody listening if if there's any way you can kind of like explain that just slightly more in depth and kind of to where the people listening can you know get a little bit of like a like an educated you know well-rounded viewpoint because someone might not even know what an ester is per se 
So um, that would be, I think that would be really, really interesting to kind of hear from you guys. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to break it down really quick on, okay. on things. So estrogen. So we got uh, two types of testosterone. Sure, sure. So we got, let's say, testosterone propionate. Uh -huh. So half-life of testosterone propionate, what is it, like uh, two to three days? Sure, yeah. I would say. So let's say you use, that's a faster estrogen. Yeah. That's that testosterone submersion to the depot mm -hmm. that gets a delivery yeah, yeah. and activates, you mm -hmm. know, our, and hits our receptors okay. uh, to start that, that uh, process uh, sure. the, the, the protein synthesis increase mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. change and so on mm -hmm. so now we get uh, the long raster mm -hmm. which is uh, the depot that mm -hmm. releases that testosterone over a prolonged period of time sure so and uh, for let's say for testosterone cypine it mm -hmm. will be it's even longer 10 to 12 days yeah yeah of course so then uh, again the longer the ester is and mm -hmm. the release of testosterone the mm -hmm. more conversion yeah aromatization estrogen so which leads to water retention water retention of course and so on uh, but then again there's a lot of great uh, uh contributors again uh to, to having that, mm -hmm. especially, I think, to a powerlifter. And yeah. I'll ask Sergey more in details because mm -hmm. as a bodybuilder, I'm not too concerned about it. Of course, of <laughs> course, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's super interesting. So in terms of that, like, so you kind of have this dual focus of improving strength but also staying a little bit leaner and a little bit drier. Uh, and, and another thing is uh, understanding the androgenic Mm -hmm. and anabolic activity of, of that compound so in a sense where uh, in bodybuilding we're trying to do everything to minimize androgenic activity of course but uh and, and increase anabolic activity anabolic yep. activity that will makes you gain muscle yep. and look more muscular and, and improve performance and you know your lifts go up whereas you know for the listener androgenic activity in terms of uh you know, steroids and things of that nature is more so the less performance enhancing side of things and more of like the, the thing that's going to influence like a male characteristic. Virilization. Like, yeah, exactly. Virilization, like a, a deepening of your voice or maybe body hair, or, you know, different changes like that. And so they're trying to minimize that while maximizing the sort of aesthetic component, performance enhancing component when it comes to, um, you know, increasing muscle mass and mm -hmm. the ability of that muscle mass and, you know, the concentration of those contractile proteins. And we're talking about uh, a coach who understands female um, and, uh, physiology. Of course. And understands the effects mm -hmm. of androgenic anabolic effects on female body. Very well. Where he understands timing, mm -hmm. dosing, mm -hmm androgenic activity mm -hmm. anabolic activity mm -hmm. and, w and and brings that into virilization terms okay where he can gauge like hey i can dose her mm -hmm. with the longer ester harsher mm -hmm. ester but mm -hmm. i have a little bit of time mm -hmm. because if i go for too long mm -hmm. with those compounds mm -hmm. i'm gonna turn her into a man yeah of course yeah yeah И, ну, должен понимать, и он должен знать, ну, то есть ту же науку тех же препаратов, ну, если ты будешь сидеть на андрогенных препаратах дольше, ну, ты ее превратишь в мужика просто-напросто. Mm -hmm. И, то есть, от бодибилдинга вы пошли из коротких на длинные. Mm -hmm. И расскажи вот по, по времени твой approach и вообще из твоего метода, как ты считаешь, что дает больше силы? Ну, вот мы пришли к выводу, что длинные эфиры дают больше силы. Что еще? А, твое отношение к оральным препаратам и твое отношение к, ну, то есть, ну, да. Это отдельная история, об этом очень долго и много можно говорить, и я вряд ли что-то новое скажу. А -а -а. Я лишь могу сказать одно, что разница весогонки, например, очень большая. Когда ты используешь длинные препараты, а -а -а. очень тяжело согнать воду. А -а -а. 
можно так сказать. Ага. Поэтому ты приходишь варьировать. Мы отключаем при любой подготовке мы за две недели полностью отключаем все препараты. Все препараты. Oh, wow. Перед пауэрлифтингом. То есть перед пауэрлифтингом. И ты, ты даже не применяешь никакие Вообще оральные, ничего. никакого холодостимого. Никаких. Вау. Okay, so uh, what he's saying is that again we were talking about longer esters, mm -hmm. and uh, he's he attributes that that, that helps with uh, power and progress and you sure, know sure. In increasing the power. Mm -hmm. But he said those uh, longer compounds mm -hmm. that persons a female going to be using that mm -hmm. will hold a lot of water sure and you have to understand too female uh, estrogenic in nature itself mm -hmm. her, she's estrogen driven yep so all these processes going to make her even more yep uh, so with that being said it's going to be super hard to get rid of the water yep but we are limited to our making the weight mm -hmm. in a sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where uh, now he's saying that shocked me that truly mm -hmm. shocked me he said i'm turning off all compounds two weeks before powerlifting meets. okay and i was like uh listen i know a little bit and i was like <laughs> what about orals he's yeah. like no everything mm -hmm. we're turning off everything two weeks prior to the meet and i think at the дать возможность отдохнуть всем рецепторам. Ага. Из-за того, что на 10 дней тоже не тренируется, мы максимально э, принцип компенсации используем максимально для принцип э, суперкомпенсацию okay. во всем. Wow. Потому что после взвешивания мы сразу ставим. This is, uh, this is, а ты ставишь после взвешивания быстро или тяжелый? Uh, длинный. длинный, потому что он больше делает. Okay. So and again, I'm, I'm not going to get into details of the compounds here. Sure, sure, again, that's fine. Guys, that's your secret formula. I, I don't want to. Honestly, I don't want to say it's a secret. <laughs> it's and a secret. I spoke to Sergey okay. about it. And <laughs> he he operates on more like an individuality of an athlete. Of course. And he attributes the mental state, mm -hmm. your mentality, of course, you know, nutrition, it's all performance, the, yeah. it's uh, all, yeah. And so it, it, for for him to to gauge. Mm -hmm and uh, basically write your program mm -hmm. with all the variables. Mm -hmm. He has to, you know, has to know break you, you down yeah. side by side. So mm -hmm. if you guys want to get in details, of yeah. course, uh, his uh, information as the course. coach are out there and yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's willing to help. To yeah, we'll definitely plug that at the end. Yeah, yeah that, that's definitely cool. But so that's a really, really interesting standpoint. You know, that's really cool that you mentioned that. Um, so when you're, you know, utilizing things to increase performance, then leading two weeks out and you cut it all, what does that do to your body weight so here's that here's the little if yeah so that allows mariana to lose all the water weight yeah which so i would assume is five eight pounds maybe 12 12 pounds 10 pounds 10 pounds wow so she said she, she I, and i mean she's a small girl yeah. i mean she's not a you know mm -hmm. so r roughly 10 percent of body weight so mm -hmm. but here's the but when it comes to the uh um attribution of how do they uh, why are they using this two weeks off mm -hmm. and sergey said he attributes to this super compensation uh, okay so basically for that time can you imagine a female uh, mm -hmm. being hit and i'm talking about receptors yeah, yeah female is hard. so receptive sure she's so receptive mm -hmm. and so sensitive mm -hmm. to any kind of uh, you know male sex hormones of course, even so just her tiny receptors amount. are getting bombarded yeah. every time so mm -hmm. boom two weeks We taken time off. Uh -huh. She's resting. Uh -huh. Her first of all, another thing, those uh, the, the, those compounds they will overstimulate nervous system. Yeah. So with that, we give body a break. Uh -huh. We give nervous system a break. Yep. 
Uh, also, her receptors are taking a break. Mm -hmm. That's what Sergey said. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with that, we go and we weigh in. We make weight. Uh -huh. As we make weight, uh -huh. guess what happens next? Short acting? We, no, no, nope. Oh. Back, and he just punches everything back in. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And, it, and, and within a 24-hour period, it's that effective. Like for the 24-hour way. Сергей, а какие препараты примерно? Ну, то есть, ты быстро что-то ставишь или ты все равно ставишь длинное? Иногда быстро, просто потому что есть, может быть. Но в основном это тест длинный и дека длинная и трен может быть длинный. Вот это из них стрелится, что я могу использовать. So basically, he gave a little bit of secrets out here. He said, yeah, he 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 goes back to the long esters and stuff. Okay. So it it could be either longer test esters. Uh, nandrolone and mm -hmm. then uh, uh, getting uh, sometimes it can be a trendrolone acid okay. okay. not acidate anthate yeah. okay. interesting that's that's really interesting you know and I think a lot of people wouldn't you know a lot of people would think oh you know two weeks cut it last two weeks before me oh crazy mm -hmm. they would never do that because they've been getting all these kinds of crazy gains and you know I think it's very prevalent you know in kind of the amateur coming up into the elite level for you know and i've talked with a lot of people about uh, brother i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt you here but okay. you, you, a lot of a lot of things i think then and we have to understand mm -hmm. female yeah. male mm -hmm. are we talking about long ester for a female that mm -hmm. will hit the receptors mm -hmm. and her being receptive mm -hmm. to the compounds versus male yeah she's already so sensitive yeah of course so that's why long ester would work for a female yeah definitely but definitely. if you're male mm -hmm. uh I, I don't think it would be a good idea. Yeah, 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 of course, of course, yeah, definitely. I was just going to speak to, you know, a lot of the misconceptions that, you know, people think that, you know, maybe more is better or, you know, it's pretty prevalent. From what I've noticed in powerlifting, at least in the U.S., a lot of lifters, you know, I've been to a lot of meets and, um, you know, I've seen people, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of bro science out there and a lot of people don't, you know, they don't, Yes. There is. They don't they oh, don't man. know, you know, they're like I go to you know, I go to a powerlifting meet and I hear somebody, you know, talking about how much of an aromatase inhibitor they're taking and how they're killing their estrogen levels and then they're wondering why their joint joints it's, it's, hurt and they're like why oh, it's like, Hey, I'm taking testosterone. Oh, I need to take anti estrogen. Yeah. Have you did your labs yeah, to assess the, your estradiol? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and there's a there's a there's just a lot of ignorance surrounding this thing and you know, I think um a lot of people, they don't necessarily self-educate or even seek edu education from a professional when it comes to these things. And they're kind of just doing, you know, what their friend tells them or what their bro in the gym tells them. And, you know, I think that could be a really, if, you know, if there's there would be a variety of takeaways from this podcast, I think that's one huge takeaway is that to never just assume that someone tells you something that they're right and that you should just put this thing in your body because, you know, you think that, you know, that you know jabroni over here is, is is you know giving you the secrets to how to get how to get huge like these things are extremely complicated and they're you know they're pharmaceutical drugs and so you know it's really something that you should be seeking out the knowledge of you know uh, a, a coach or you know a professional or someone you know that has experience with these things because even most doctors aren't educated in the proper use and dosing and administration of these things and how they affect the body and it's almost like you know these gurus in these sports that have tens and 20 years of experience pro science that's what i call it yeah where they take science and they take their professional expertise mm -hmm. and in the trenches use mm -hmm. 
over decades of experience mm-hmm. and they know what works yeah yeah exactly and, and i've you know i've listened to quite a few podcasts on things and, and um you know i follow some different gurus because i find the whole subject very fascinating and um you know i one of the gurus that i follow you know i was listening to one of his podcasts the other day um just because i have a background in healthcare and medicine and nursing and i'm very familiar with uh, lab work and and i intend on uh getting my nurse practitioner very soon and so you know he was talking about just the the simple fact that um you know killing an estrogen level will affect how growth hormone translates to igf1 in the liver and he's like there isn't even any research done on this this is just what i've seen from my experience and so you know a lot of the the professionals people will show up and they'll go to their doctor and they'll think you know they'll want their doctor to give them the answers and these doctors are you know giving out these protocols to people just kind of like off their cell phone and they're not even that educated on it and you know i've talked to people and and you know and made some recommendations to to you know make changes to what they're doing and you know just simple things are you know making a huge difference in people's lives like testosterone replacement therapy is very very prevalent nowadays it's very common nowadays and you have you know these guys taking you know 150 to 250 milligrams of testosterone a week and their doctors are telling them to take an ai two three times a week maybe maybe i get on the next podcast with you because i work with that partner up with the clinic a local replacement clinic yeah with athletes Uh the biggest issue was uh, the receptiveness for testosterone Mm -hmm. is uh your insulin sensitivity yeah yeah also aromatization mm-hmm. and what i noticed a lot in the powerlifting when we talked about when he's saying what why he hits so hard sergey mm-hmm. hits so hard on mm-hmm. you have to watch your diet you mm-hmm. can't get too fat yep because if you eat like pig yeah and you smash in everything yeah. that's what you do your insulin sensitivity goes, goes down, down and you so, get pre-diabetic basically okay, if you get pre-diabetic mm-hmm. your insulin spikes are continuous throughout mm-hmm. and mm-hmm that automatically makes you more estrogenic yep then it automatically makes you less receptive to pharmaceutical drugs that mm. you put in your body mm. so and you it's it's a rabbit hole yeah when you're putting more farm products mm-hmm. in you your cell is not receptive to it and mm-hmm. we know that difference between mm-hmm. testosterone and estradiol molecule sure. y hydrogen bond mm. so easy to convert mm. so all the excess that your body cannot use mm. yeah it's convert. so yeah. we're going back to his mm ideology and philosophy of mm-hmm. hey don't get fat as shit yeah and, and control your body weight yeah is there like a would you say there's a cut like what would be the cutoff that you think would be too much body fat percentage that would kind of start to negatively affect you is there like a percentage like 15 16 percent where you would start to Pajero. tell someone like yo start you know take care of your diet like or is there is it more <coughs> arbitrary из твоего мнения, вот как ты определяешь по атлету, когда вот чересчур уже по жиру, ну то есть out of shape. Like for lack. Когда слышишь, чувак, ты жирный. For lack of a better term, how fat is too fat? Как 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 жир, насколько жирный жирный? Для меня они всегда будут жирные. He said, all powerlifters are always going to be fat to me, especially Mayana right now. A little bit of humor there, guys. Смотри, в пауэрлифтинге есть такая тема, да? Почти все, кто гоняет очень много веса, они знают все о принципе компенсации, они ее используют вот на столечко, но они имеют больше возможностей для этого. И, как правило, все, кто гоняет вес, после этого имеют плохой экспириенс и говорят, я столько потерял сил, у меня нет. Но мои атлеты все до одного. Никто силы не теряет. Все делают рекорды. Вот его собственный рекорд в зале, который был. Мы сгоняли вес, 
и на соревнованиях мы поднимаем еще больше всегда. То есть я максимально использую, то есть мы имеем уже хорошую практику за 7 лет, три раза в году. Его вопрос так, а, а, а как ты определяешь у атлета процент жира? Всегда он есть, всегда его можно убрать. Больше. Пока, пока нету как у бодибилдера кубиков пресса и нету секучки на ногах, значит жирный. Я могу, в принципе, это объяснить научно. Да, ну, то, что объяснить, что вот обязательно, Нет, что скажи, про компенсацию, да, да. все-таки тема про пауэрлифтинг, что очень uh -huh. важно использовать. So, in layman's terms, and I can break it down sure, a little bit more. Sure, yeah. So, his, uh, his vision to this Mm -hmm. So he gets this powerlifter stuff, mm -hmm. and he said, we can lose weight. Mm -hmm. We can keep getting the body fat down, yep. and we, we, can, we can basically be in that prep of dropping the weight mm -hmm. uh, until you start seeing, like, a freaking abs on yep, you. Yep, yeah. and, uh, and, and he said, from his experience, mm -hmm. all the athletes who were going down in weight, mm -hmm. and they were all each and every one were progressing in power leading to mm -hmm. the competition. Okay. So he has his... Uh, Uh, he has his approach. Mm -hmm. He has his uh, scheme that he applies. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, individually to yeah, everyone. Yeah, 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 sure. But it has always worked for him. Where Got it. we will be losing the body fat, mm -hmm. dropping the weight, and, and we will be strength. lifting, increasing strength. That's very interesting. That's really yeah. cool because most people would most people would say, "Oh, calorie deficit, you can't get stronger." Okay, but it sounds like if let you, me break this down yeah. for for people. So, calorie <laughs> deficit. So we're talking about. Back to his layman's terms, mm -hmm. abs. Yep. What abs means? That you're 10-9% body fat. Yep. Okay. So if you're walking around 20-25%, mm -hmm. what is that fat to your body? Nothing. No, yeah. it's, it's not. It's, 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 it's calories. It's calories. <laughs> so how are you in a caloric deficit mm. if you're eating your fat calories? Yeah, you're still... You're yeah. not in a caloric deficit. Yeah. You still can build power. Yeah. You can still this. Yeah. So if you're fat as shit, excuse me, yeah. you're big... Big freaking, you yeah, know, big guy. ox, whatever, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. elephant, r yeah. rhino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have, you if you have 20 pounds of extra fat yeah. on you, I mean 20 times 3,500, you have body, that amount of your calories. Body, your body doesn't give a shit. Yes, yeah. it's going to be harder to, to release that yeah. fat from the depot, from yeah. the fat storage sure, that sure. you have. Mm -hmm. But your body doesn't give a shit. Either yeah. it's fat from hamburger or yeah. it's a, it's a calorie that yeah. it gets. Exactly. So you if, you're, if you're fat, you're uh -huh. never in caloric deficit. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> Your body's always going to take the calories if it wants it, whether it's from that's yeah, that's a great, really great point, great insight. Хоть какой-то процент жира, если будет давать в силе какой-то процент плюс, то мы естественно я буду это использовать. То есть я буду учитывая, как я люблю есть, я это все буду использовать. Но практика показывает, что ни один процент жира не дает ни одного процента силовых. Поэтому, поэтому я вообще не как бы ну не, не стараюсь набирать это уже Huh. Now, so we've talked a little bit about nutrition. We've talked a little bit about supplementation. In terms of training, what is your training frequency and volume like? Or if you can talk about that. Um, like, what would your normal training day look like when you go into the gym? Как вы тренируетесь? И вообще, сколько вы отдыхаете? Ну, расскажи свою философию. Ты мне рассказывал. And keep in mind, I'm not trying to expose any secrets. So if there's something they want to keep on the down low, feel free. 
You know, because yeah. champions no, got to stay champions. We don't champion. have secrets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to laugh Very at this. Often. Okay. And, and, and the reason why he said no secrets, uh-huh. because a lot of times when, I mean, he told me his philosophy and the way he does sure. things. And I know that majority of people who's going to hear this, yeah. they'll be like, you crazy. Yeah. So he doesn't even care about sharing because people's <laughs> not going to take him seriously. Well, and I'm sure that I'm sure that it doesn't matter because what works for her won't necessarily work for someone else because they're not her. So it's like you could tell somebody what you do True. and they could try it and they might have a completely different result because every person's physiology is a little bit different. And that's one thing that I've un- kind of figured out is that like someone's individual approach to get to their own elite level might look completely different. Like maybe you do low volume and someone else could try low volume. They're not going to get the same result that you do because, you know, their, their, lev- their limb length is different or their physiology is different or maybe they respond better to high volume. And so it's like you can tell someone what you do. I can tell someone what I do. They could go do it. They're not going to look like me. You know, they have to kind of figure out their optimal approach of what they need to eat, of what they need to do, of how they need to train to, you know, gain size or gain strength. But uh, I'm really, really interested because I heard that you only train three times a week, but I don't know if that's true or not. So I just got to, I just got to see. Сейчас каждый будет uh, просто в шоке от, uh, от нашей yeah. методики, как get, get ready to get, get ready to get shocked with those не только Мариана, все мои ученики так тренируются, просто у кого-то чуть-чуть больше объема, чуть-чуть меньше, но в среднем мои, уч- мои все студенты тренируются в четыре раза меньше, чем все пауэрлифтеры. So, uh, uh, said, Объем I'm, работы. I'm, I'm going to just simplify this for everyone. Okay. All of my students, uh, and you know, even with Mariana, some of them maybe train slightly, do a little bit more volume, uh-huh. but in comparison to the, the industry, the powerlifting industry, yeah. Uh, we train four times less okay. than, wow. than okay. most of the powerlifters out there. Okay. Uh, Mariana is special because uh, she has mm. very high level. So one session is a lot of stimulus. Of course. Yeah, one lift. Mm-hmm. 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 Это вот вся тренировка ног. Разминка, один рабочий подход, домой. Все. Um, that's uh, interesting. Uh, so he said, uh, closer we get to the show, yep. so we come into the gym. Yep. And um, сколько у вас warm-up идет, разминка? Примерно по Два-три подхода. So we gonna take 30 minutes to warm up with okay. two to three sets. Very long warm up. Yeah. It, is that is that specifically the exercise or is it a few mm-hmm. other things? Just uh, just squat. Okay. Just squat. Yeah. Just a squat. Just a lift. So yeah. Yeah. that's leading to a show. Yep. So let's say today is the the squat day. Uh-huh. So she's working on a squat. So she mm-hmm. will be doing two to three sets of warm up to uh-huh. the squat, and then it's gonna be one working set. Oh wow! And that's okay. where I rem- uh, from bodybuilding sense, it reminds me of Dorian. Yeah. You so know? just extremely low volume, one high intensity <laughs> set, <laughs> and, and then boom. And, and they're going home. Interesting. The same bench press, the same uh, deadlift. deadlift, the same. And then do you do any kind of accessory work? 
I never use. Really? Okay. So only maybe. Если before, если до, то есть когда мы сезоне мы используем аксессуары. Бодибилдерские. Мы не используем пауэрлифтерские аксессуары никогда. Я не делала еще ни разу там стандартную тягу с цепями или присед с бокса. Я никогда не делала. So she said they're not using powerlifting accessories in terms of chains, boxes, course, uh, the the deficit things. Да, Honestly, like, yeah. like right now, I'm putting mm -hmm. all the puzzle together right mm -hmm. now for training. Mm -hmm. I think AMRAP is mm -hmm. what they're doing. One really high high intensity set. Whether yeah. it's you know the it, I think it I like to think of things in terms of intensity mm -hmm. and what you derive from it. So if you take a weight that you could do for 15 or 20 reps, maybe as a as a bodybuilder, and you were to you know think of the total intensity you got from that set. And like obviously the weight would be lighter if you can do it for all these repetitions, but it sounds like your top set is obviously very, very heavy for your body. You're, you have this very peak elite level of strength. And so when you do your two to three working sets, when you hit that, is it usually like a single or a double or a triple? Like single? Мы иногда выходим, рабочий подход, может быть, составляет. Все зависит от разной подготовки, это ее ментальность. Если в этом сезоне так пошло, что ей нравится делать 10 повторений, mm -hmm. допустим, 200 килограмм приседаем 10, то мы начинаем каждую тренировку прибавлять килограммы и делать эти 10 повторений. Иногда делаем 7, иногда 5, иногда 3. То есть... So Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, me knowing Sergey is a close friend, and uh -huh. uh, I, I know the way he uh, works with athletes, and yeah. we, we have a lot of those talks. Sure. The mentality of an athlete uh -huh. is everything. Okay. So as the coach, he has to recognize how tough they are, yeah. their mental fortitude, okay. you know, how good they can work on the stress, yep. how good they can zone out. Okay. And that's what he means. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mean like, hey, I'm the number one in the world, yeah, Mariana yeah, yeah. number one mm -hmm. in the world. He mm -hmm. give a shit less about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He cares about his her mental fortitude mm -hmm. and what she can withstand and how much she can block out an okay. top-level elite athlete okay. to activate Uh -huh. every possible resource of her nervous system okay. to fire those muscles. Okay. Everybody's seen that movie Lucy, yeah. right? Sure, sure. Yeah, Remember yeah, yeah. how strong and what she yeah. could do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and if we have so many stressors mm -hmm. mentally mm -hmm. coming to her and mm -hmm. she able to block him like a fucking monk, yeah, 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 yeah. that's going to add to her performance. Okay. So his thing, back to the lifts, uh -huh. it's always different. Okay. He assesses her Uh, readiness uh, to uh, so mental state yeah, yeah, yeah and he assesses her like what body's telling her so mm -hmm. so intuitively she knows uh -huh. if i want to do 10 reps yeah and we're going to be slowly adding kilos let's uh -huh. say we, we're doing 405 for uh -huh. 10 reps yeah and we're going to be slowly training in that style and uh -huh. we're going to be adding kilos mm. every training session mm. I'm not gonna tell her, hey, go ahead, lift, you know, 90, 95 suboptimal weight. I'm yeah. gonna keep at it. Sometimes yeah. we'll be doing three reps. Okay. So it's an assessment, individuality, and yeah. um, 
Да. Ну, мы цепляемся за что-то одно, вот что хорошо пошло, например, да. три повторения. Все, и мы теперь за основу держим, и, и мы знаем, что всю подготовку мы делаем по три, допустим. Okay. Пока, пока что-то не изменится в ее голове. Okay. So what he's saying, uh, uh, he basically catches on what works the best mm -hmm. at, at, at that start of the, tr of the ah, start of okay. that training to Whether that. Whether she's responding to like a set of five three, or ten or three, a set five, of three. Ten, yep. Ah, okay. And then like what? What makes you feel good? What yeah. makes you progress the most from session to session? Yeah. So that's very interesting. A lot of people, I think, think that powerlifting one rep, two reps, three reps, but you actually sometimes will use bigger sets of like five to ten in a meet prep leading up to build strength. Yeah, this doctor any day like that. Да, mm -hmm. без проблем. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, ah, когда фолловеры видят наши тренировки, пишут 10 повторений, вы же пауэрлифтер, зачем вы делаете 10 повторений? So, a lot of times they said, like, in comments, mm -hmm. the, the people who follow, mm -hmm. they're like, what are you guys doing? Are you, why are you bodybuilding here? Mm -hmm. Like, what the mm -hmm. hell is this? You're a powerlifter. Like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? Like, uh, and that's where he comes with his approach. Mm. He, he, he stands out of that. The, the he's outside sure. of that circle. Outside of the box. Sure. Yeah. Мой фокус uh. на росте силы. Uh -huh. Все, мне нужно сделать все, yeah. чтобы она выросла. Почему he так мало много отдыхаем, так мало тренируемся? Потому что у меня цель не делать так, как я хочу, а цель, чтобы она каждую тренировку росла. Вот uh -huh. почему я это делаю. So his main uh, goal mm -hmm. and where he basically takes everything out mm. and he observes mm -hmm. that her power progression, the strength progression mm -hmm. in that prep. Mm. So he doesn't care if he is progressing in strength yeah. and they're taking longer rest periods mm -hmm. between you know lifts and, yep. and, and training days yep. and it's working. Mm -hmm. He's going to continue that. Then he's going to keep it going. So that's yeah. really interesting. So just to summarize <laughs> and what I'm kind of taking from that is you know if you're If you're doing, you know, a single or a double or a triple and it's not working, maybe, and you try to go to the next session and you don't feel stronger, well, then that's not working. So you need to do like maybe fives or sixes or eights or tens. And if you do that and then you go to the next session and you can do 20 kilos heavier on that same set because that's working, it's like, oh, this is what we need to be doing now. It's kind of kind of what I'm getting from that. Now, what, like, when you're doing a set of like eight or ten reps, What kind of percentage are you are you kind of using for that? Do you go off a per percentage, or is it just how you feel for the day? Как ты определяешь вес, когда вы выходите на высокие повторения, 8-10 повторений? Мы никогда не используем процентаж. Нет, нет, нет. Я у меня есть формула. Есть. Не, я знаю, если человек сделал 10 повторений или там 5 повторений, я знаю, сколько он может сделать на максимум плюс-минус примерно. Но ты не применяешь математические формулы. Применяю всегда. Я всегда знаю, сколько so, Но он, мы не высчитываем процентаж, понимаешь? Мы... То есть у нас нету вот тренировка, к примеру, у, у них многие расписывают там, сегодня мы делаем 20% от а, максимума. Про... Или mm. сегодня мы делаем как... То есть мы не используем процентаж в тренировках. Uh. He said, we're not using percentages. Okay. He has the formulas. Yeah. You know, the 10 reps will equate to... I know what she can. Yeah. So he's very well aware. Uh -huh. And at times what he's saying was, uh -huh. uh, with so many years doing it, yep. like he knows the math formula, yeah. but it, it comes naturally at this yeah. point. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where like, It's my job, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's my yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mic drop, boom. No, our training is составляются 
по самочувствию, да, скажем так. Все зависит от моего самочувствия, от моей головы, готова ли я сегодня идти на большой вес, или я готова делать одно повторение, или 10 повторений и так далее. А если я вообще не восстановилась, и я вообще ничего не хочу делать, он меня никогда не заставляет, но у нас план, мы плевать хотели на план, и мы не делаем вообще никакую, значит, тренировку. То есть я полностью, значит, иду отдыхать, потому что... Проще говоря, то, что ты сказал, мы приходим на тренировку. Как строится план? Мы приходим на тренировку, я ее спрашиваю, как себя чувствуешь? Она говорит, нормально. Мы начинаем делать разминку. Как себя чувствуешь? Если она говорит, не очень, мы можем свернуться и уйти домой. Окей. Okay. I, I love Sergey. He's he like Mr. Simple. Okay, yeah. He, he can get deep into stuff. Sure, I'm, sure. I'm more like a deep guy. I like yeah. to break shit down. Okay, yeah. He just like, listen, yeah. hear how it goes. Yeah. We don't have a set plan. Yeah. We don't have percentages. Yeah. We don't have this written like template, template of follow, whatever. Yeah. We come to we we know that today is the leg day. Let's yep. say we come to the gym. Uh-huh. He asking her, "Hey, how do you feel yourself?" He yeah. gets her all these questions uh-huh. to assess her yeah. mental state. Sure. And it's like, okay, I'm good. Uh-huh. Then they're like, they do their warm up. Uh-huh. He asking her again, "How do you feel?" You every warm up. And if she says, uh-huh. and if she says like, "Oh man, no," that felt heavy. He's like, oh, "Oh, we don't care. We're just gonna turn around and go home." Yeah. If she's not feeling it, mm. why? Yeah. yeah why? Because yeah. I, I need progress. If today I progress, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. So his philosophy on this is, if she cannot progress during mm. training session, yeah. Why in the hell train at all? Yeah, why are you going to train? Wanna, I want to keep this. If that session isn't going to be a yeah, really good session, yeah, why yeah. would you still yeah. interest it? Yes. The, the something is missing, and then and it goes back to mm-hmm. the, the the whole picture of yeah. mental fortitude, yeah. your nervous system, yeah. your physical capabilities, your yeah. body, and overall, like the big picture. Mm-hmm. If you, I have a really interesting question. So, um, I think oh, he's trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go, yeah. В основном все атлеты сфокусированы на своей программе и тренировках. И когда они не тренируются по плану, и они думают все до одного, что если он не тренируется, он слабеет. Я никогда так не буду думать. Если даже две недели ее не было в зале, я знаю, что она стала только сильнее. Потому что две недели – это как раз время для компенсации. And he's saying every athlete is solely focused on hitting their milestones yeah. and progression mm-hmm. leading program. to a show program. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they're so focused on training regimen, the uh-huh. training plan, yep. yeah. that they forget about themselves. Yeah. They're not assessing and looking deep and, mm-hmm. and, and, and listening for signaling what yep. their body's telling them. Yep. And they're all scared. If I'm not going to train One, one training day. or two, yeah. that's it. But he said the key is mm-hmm. the compensation. And yep. he said even if she doesn't train for two weeks, mm-hmm. boom, that's the golden spot for compensation. Yeah. И если бы э, меня тренировали по обычной системе, вот как все зале тренируются, я бы никогда в жизни не была бы в этом спорте. Uh, yeah. She said, I would not even get to the half of my PRs yeah. and my world records. Yeah. I would not even get there. Да, потому что моя задача, то есть я тренируюсь не ради того, чтобы тренироваться или там просто быть в спорте, потому что я люблю тяжелые веса поднимать или тренироваться, а я люблю быть чемпионом, вот поэтому я тренируюсь. А если какая-то программа меня не доведет до этого уровня чемпионства, то я не буду просто этим заниматься. 
Huh. That's that's um. So oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So she she's you saying. Yeah. It sounded like I she wish. got. I think he got it. I honestly, wish. he got it. I think I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to like by osmosis, you know, pick think, up a little I, Russian. I, I think Lucy's around, so yeah. we start catching on this. <laughs> so what she's saying is that uh, her sole focus uh. is not training. I think people are too too worrying about what other people will think. Like, of course, yeah. oh, you're not a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Like this whole mentality. I'm mm-hmm. the hardest motherfucker uh, in the world. Yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. hardcore. I'm yeah, here every yeah. day. I'm throwing I'm and w- killing shit. I'm well aware. You, you know, I'm, well I'm the aware. loudest. I'm the strongest. Yep. I'm the hardest. Yep. But hey, where's the results? Yeah. You know, so she's saying mm-hmm. I'm putting all this aside, mm-hmm. and I'm here to progress in my strength. Yep. I'm not here just to work out. Or to show off. Work or, out yeah. is a tool yep. that progresses my strength. Okay. That's a really interesting mindset. Yeah. And I think we're get, that gets a little bit into the mentality. You know, From what I'm hearing from you guys, it sounds like the approach is highly intuitive. You're obviously a very elite athlete. You know how your body functions. You know when you walk into the gym how you're feeling and if it's going to be a good day or not. Now, one of the questions I have is, is every, like, say you come to train if you feel like you're not there maybe and because i think that's a big thing that a lot of people have trouble with is like okay they come and it's like they don't feel good should they train or should they not train it's like if you don't feel your best maybe are you is there a day like is there a day where you don't feel good that you try to push it anyways or do you will you always be like nope this isn't a good day i can't hit what i want to hit so we'll go home and we'll come back tomorrow kind of thing Marian, uh, как ты вообще подходишь вот uh, к тому когда ты говоришь что сегодня я не тренируюсь вот как ты определяешь допустим вот у тебя подготовка на носу и ты приходишь в зал и ты понимаешь что сегодня тренироваться не буду по каким принципам я чего-то отталкиваюсь чтобы сделать вот это вот чтобы помочь другим людям также ну я смотрю на свою у меня как бы достаточно уже большой опыт чтобы знать как как я сегодня могу выполнить свою тренировку если я чувствую что может быть я очень уставшая потому что я очень много работала может быть я не выспалась может быть я а, плохо просто себя чувствую. То есть мое самочувствие а, говорит о том, что да, моя центральная нервная система в основном говорит, говорит о том, что я сегодня могу тренироваться или не могу ну, тренироваться. Ну, естественно, ты, ты элитный атлет, ты понимаешь, что да, это, то, что это, это не, лень. не лень. Это да. не лень, да. So да. she's saying, like, uh, first of all, for people who just starting out, mm-hmm. they have to really focus and separate uh, what's body telling them. Mm-hmm and them being lazy yeah yeah i think that's huge so because consistency is such a huge factor there's a bell curve of people when you start out it's like you 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 know you start out you're a beginner you need to do so much and then you really need consistency and that bell curve goes up where you start to get better at more volume more consistency and then once you get closer towards the elite side of things that's when you kind of need to go back to like low volume mm-hmm. and really listening and you know watching your body because you have this huge training age mm-hmm. you've already developed the muscle you know you've already developed this huge foundation and so what your body can respond and to i think another thing is understanding that the the um, uh, the fuel tank of your mental resource mm-hmm. and what she said and attributed to if i trained a lot of clients mm-hmm. and they're they're both personal trainers yeah yeah that takes a lot of mental and definitely and, and yeah so, and so too, it yeah. drains your mental resource yeah so if you come into uh, to training session uh-huh. in the evening and let's say you train seven or eight clients you got nothing you're just gonna be like I, are you gonna lift 500 yeah. pounds, whatever yeah. x amount of pounds or suboptimal lift or whatever yeah. you have to lift no yeah 
So that's that's where it comes to like, hey, I'm not lazy. Mm-hmm. I'm just drained. Yeah. And my body can feel like I'm ready to kill it. Mm-hmm. But if but you're, you're mentally mentor- drained, then, yeah. Oh, okay. So they, you guys definitely place a very heavy emphasis, not just on how you physically feel, but it almost sounds like more of an emphasis on how you mentally feel coming. Body, to mind, and soul, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Ashwagandha team. Yeah, yeah. That's that's super interesting, you know. And that's really funny that you guys mentioned that because you know I opened my own business back in May, and before that, you know, I was working and you know had to worry about a little bit less than I do now of all these little things that I have to take care of. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm working with you know fifty to hundred people a day um you know talking to people constantly responding and every little response is like another little bit another little bit another little bit and then i go to train and like i just want to like do a set of curls and just relax and chill like the the amount of mental energy needed to perform a squat or a deadlift or even a bench press at high intensity it's very draining it's very taxing on the nervous system Mm -hmm. and so you know i've found that like it, it, you know it's priorities it's like you 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 know when something is taking your energy even if it's you know business or work like it all takes from you and so you know with your if you're training seven eight clients you know that all takes from you it, it's all your energy it's all cumulatively pulling from the same cup and, and i think that's a really really great takeaway that a lot of people can really hear and understand um now what i'm curious about is you know if there's you know if you're underslept or if you're underfed or if like one of those variables is off, will you like, will you still, if you feel good, will you train or, or cause for me personally, if I, you know, if I'm not, if I'm underslept, then sometimes I'll just move my session back to the next day. Like if, you know, if I was up late and for whatever reason, you know, if I got four or five, six hours of sleep, um, you know, and I was supposed to squat, I won't squat, and I'll, you know, go home, and then I'll get sleep, and eat, mm-hmm. and come back the next day, and get that session in, and I don't, do you guys know Dan Bell? Mm-hmm. Big yes, guy, course. big yeah. guy, and, and I did a podcast with Dan, mm-hmm. and Dan was talking about sleep, and he was saying, you know, he said, if I don't sleep, I don't train, so is that kind of something that you guys, you know, are very, 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 um, on point with also um in terms of like you know your your sleep and how you how you'll determine you know if you train if you if you haven't slept well will you still train or will you will you move your session ну учитывая что я миш переведешь учитывая что я достаточно мало сплю то есть я в день 4-5 часов иногда сплю то если как бы если это состояние повлияет на тренировку то мы обязательно перенесем тренировку когда мы готовим атлета в любой вид спорта, вот абсолютно любой вид спорта, сначала тренируется центральная нервная система, потом все остальные мышцы. So his approach is uh, from the beginning to any type of start of the training. 
he always focuses on training his central nervous system yep. and conditioning the central nervous system uh-huh. to um, to be up to par. Okay. So because um, even if you ever read the basic uh, books that always mm-hmm. say that, you know, first thing, what, what is uh, what is get adapted first? A person who first comes to the gym and grabs the weight. It's the nervous system. Теперь у меня вопрос к нему. Вот когда ты видишь большой объем тренировки, 10 подходов приседаний рабочих, 10 подходов жима лежа и 5 подходов становой тяги в один день. И у Марианы один подход всего лишь на приседании. Ты спал, а она не спала. Ей легче будет подготовиться к одному подходу всего? Вот вопрос. Uh, he's, he's, he's going back. Question. We have a back thing. Uh, so he's saying about the sleep and uh, uh, mental, uh, I guess, the, the resource. Yeah. Let's say if you come in here and you have a crazy high volume all the time and mm. you haven't slept yep. and you're doing like 100 sets. Yeah, lots of volume. Yeah, a lot of volume. And she comes in here and she just has one working yeah. set. Uh. Who do you think is going to have a harder time? Yeah. Obviously, the, the not sleeping. Part. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she will always find the, 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 the strength yeah. to, to accomplish, do one set to, to, accomplish, yeah. to accomplish that. И причем представим дальше. Она через неделю только вернется к этому подходу, а он через два дня опять будет делать то же самое. So she's saying, and she will only go back to this heavy working set within a week. But standard powerlifter will be back in two days. Two days. Yeah, uh, so like how how you going to recover? Нет yeah. такого сна, который yeah. так восстановит. Yeah. I mean, we're not a Wolverine, we're not Logan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys have to understand that. <laughs> yeah. This is not this a is, fucking this is my this my is opinion. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's really interesting because that's definitely super contrary to what a lot of people do. And, you know, looking at all the meets that you've done, it would make sense to me because if you took, you know, most people say compete one time a year, compete two times a year. Well, that's because they're the amount of training that they're doing for these meets. Now, if you were to break that down and, you know, have them do much less volume, maybe one working set and you go home, it's like the amount of like it's the it's the person training, you know, you're doing maybe four meets or five meets a year. You, you know, you've done 30 something since 2013, which is a lot by most people's standards. So, you know, if if you were to but with your volume that you're doing for those meets that's probably less or like equivalent or less volume to the same volume that what someone who does two meets in a year might be doing because they're training so much mm-hmm. so that's really really interesting to, to hear and, and especially most people would say oh you're a small female you can handle a ton of volume so you should be doing you know squatting twice a week and benching twice a week and doing this and doing that but still it's like hold off now it sounds like you stay very healthy as well doing this approach do you ever i mean like i'm i'm i wouldn't be naive enough to think that like lifting heavy you don't have things that ache or you know this or that but it sounds like you know most successful most successful powerlifters from what i understand get successful not not so much because they're you know of their progression like that matters but it's the fact that they stay healthy and don't get hurt like you can't be a successful powerlifter if you continually get hurt, get hurt, get hurt. So it sounds like this this practice and this system that you've come up with has helped you like steadily and consistently get stronger, but no injury. Mm-hmm. Is that? No, у меня у меня за всю мою 
карьеру, да, спортивную, ни разу не было никаких травм, травм абсолютно. То есть это говорит о том, что мы в первую очередь, конечно, за здоровье, ну и, соответственно, мы будем максимально безопасно растить силу для того, чтобы быть лучшим. You know, we always have to push ourselves to yep. the extremes. Yeah. But number one priority is health. Yeah. So there is a threshold uh-huh. between an extreme and uh-huh. health, uh-huh. and then time under pressure. Uh-huh. So I think where they going with this mentality is that they're willing to go extreme. Yeah. But the difference is mm. time. Yeah. How much time are you under pressure? Yeah. I think that attributes mm. to the longevity mm-hmm. and uh, you know health. Mm. and not being injured in the sport yeah yeah so so maybe maybe the the time between sessions contributes to that is what it sounds like uh more rest yeah more rest yeah. so more rest. so they're they're placing a huge you guys place a very huge emphasis on rest between sessions right mm-hmm. that's so that sounds like a very big cornerstone to your methodology a lot of rest between sessions yes. making sure you're ready making sure you're not trying to go in and hit it when you're drained or very taxed you know so every time you're going in and you're going in and you want to get something out of that session you're doing it on a really optimal day you're not forcing it is what it seems like um huh that's really cool хочется миш хочется быть полезным для его канала и вот ну хочется помочь мое что я заметил почему некоторые спортсмены какие ошибки допускают в пауэрлифтинге и чем например мариана отличается So he's saying, um, I'm trying to be very helpful to your sure. channel, and uh, I'd yeah. like to share as much. So um, uh, just uh, to conclude here, I would like to address the biggest differences of Mariana's training mm. and, uh, you know, what mistakes that, from his perspective, yeah. uh, he sees that people make the most. Yeah, yeah. I, that was, I was actually going to get to that. If you guys had, like, two or three things that you would want to tell people, yeah. The, to kind of take away that w- that was what I wanted I wanted to get some of that from you guys. Самая частая картина это в твоем зале и у нас в спортзале ребята ставят видеокамеру, подход делают приседания и приседание было неудачным. Он, например, не смог присесть там задуманных пять раз, сил три раза. I know where you're going with this. Потом берет камеру и смотрит в чем была проблема. В чем была проблема? Показывает, просит Сергей, help me, what is problem? Your problem rest. Oh, a technique? Fuck technique. Fuck your fault. Он постоянно думает, что его проблема, что он где-то ошибку сделал, какой-то угол. Он никогда не думает о том, что он не восстановился. Ну, дальше. Как Мариана. У Марианы тоже раз в году бывает, она приседает, и мы не сделали то, что запланировали. Я никогда не смотрю, где она сделала ошибку. Может, она потеряла форму. Я никогда на это буду не смотреть. Она сделала ошибку, потому что она слабая. А она слабая, я должен искать причину, что нужно сделать, сколько нужно отдыхать, чтобы она стала сильной. Okay. So, uh, I think we can make a t-shirt out of this. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know? uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, fuck your technique. <laughs> you haven't rested enough. Ah, okay. That's very so, interesting. So, what are you saying with this? Uh, at times, I see a lot of these guys, they're in the gym, uh-huh. and they're having the tripod up and yeah. they record the set and uh-huh. they get very upset and they're like Sergey come here yeah uh, Sergey like what, what do you think yeah. technique what my problem where's the problem here uh-huh. he's like look at the video and he's like look at the video look at it yeah and he does not even look at the video he's like 
you need to rest. Yeah. He's like, but technique. You're yeah. Like, Fuck your technique. Yeah, you're training too hard. <laughs> yeah. Training too hard. So. And it's not about and see, and so I think the issue was training too hard. Yeah. It's 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 not too hard. Uh-huh. I I don't think it's smarter. Yeah. Harder. Yeah. And I think that's where he's going. Yeah. Smarter, smarter harder. Where you harder. can you can be you know um. Uh, you can be uh, in tune enough to know uh-huh. that I'm doing too much. Yeah. Take your ego outside the door. Yeah. Take the thoughts of people thinking that mm. you're like, oh, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. We have. We're all individual, and yeah. we 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 fill different shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super. So if you if you don't have strength, mm-hmm. uh, technique is not helping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's oh, really yeah. cool. That's Sorry. That 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 was the the, the last portion uh-huh. where she said. Mm-hmm. She said like, if 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 your technique. It can be perfected. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not strong enough. Yeah. You're not strong enough because you're not recovering. Yeah. You're not recovering. И наоборот, когда у тебя много сил, ты хорошо восстановился, и даже если тело сделало небольшую ошибку, оно все равно сделаешь, So what he's saying, if you have enough recovery, you're hundred percent, your body ready to go, and you made a minor mistake, even with the suboptimal, yeah. You're gonna have enough power to 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 just to just Cover, recover yeah. from that. Yeah, of course. And you're going to be strong. My suggestion is to focus not on the technique, but on the I'm very mental myself yeah. too, too, to my approach. And uh-huh. I can relate to this where, uh, you know, we are focusing way too much mm-hmm. on this, you know, technique yep. form process. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we forget to, mm-hmm. we, almost we're like programming ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. If you constantly focus on your mistakes... Mm-hmm. And you always mentally have this mentality. Oh, uh-huh. mistake, uh-huh. mistake. Oh, video, uh-huh. mistake, mistake. What are you programming yourself? You're gonna yeah. be a fucking failure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're gonna. You're thinking yeah. about the negative. So, so the the mental programming of him. Uh-huh. He doesn't want to show her her yeah. mistakes. He's like, it's fine. Yeah, and he's okay. Yeah. Let's say if she ate shit and uh-huh. did not lift. Uh-huh. Hey, Mariana, it's okay. Let's yeah. go ahead and recover. Forget about it. It's yeah. okay. Recover. Think recover. About so he doesn't wanna. He doesn't want her mentally even look yeah. at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the trainer. Yeah. He is the coach. Next time, he already knows how uh-huh. to approach her in a way yeah. where he won't be programming her subconsciously, yeah. thinking that she's a failure. Yeah. Or because, and in me being a bodybuilding uh-huh. coach, I tell my guy the same thing. Yeah. He's like, oh, Mike, my, my, my legs aren't shredding. Yeah. I don't have definition. I don't have depth. I'm yeah. like, shut the fuck up. You need to focus on your reps and, yeah. and, and things. Yeah. Clear your mind. Yeah. You're great. Focus on process, mm. you know, and 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 that process includes mm. rest, recovery, and following whatever your coach yeah. tells you to. You know, I think that those are a lot of really amazing insights, and I think there's a lot of really great takeaways from everything we've talked about today. The one thing I'm curious about is, you just want a bodybuilding show. You just set the sleeve uh, Wilkes of all time uh, for a female. Uh, where? What's next? Olympic curling. Olympic curling. Maybe like a triathlon. No, 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 no. So now is my biggest goal. It's a pro card for for power So you're Yeah, bodybuilding. So you want you you have or you want to get the IFBB pro? You. She wants, to, she wants, she wants okay. to earn her IFBB Pro. She wants to earn her IFBB Pro. Okay. Yeah. 
so that's the goal. So and maybe maybe Olympia. I don't know. Oh <laughs> wow! Okay, that's that's pretty ambitious. So because they have uh, a lot of time, mm. and next uh, uh, powerlifting competition will be uh, Kyrgyz Open in yeah. April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of time. I'll before. be there. Um, one of my friends, uh, Marcus, just signed up for mm -hmm. the U.S. Open, so that'll be really cool. I know some people coming. I was actually thinking about doing it myself. I'm like, mm, are you, you going to be there too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, they they have a monolift now, so I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do it. <laughs> but that's awesome. Where can we find you guys? You know, tell everybody your name. Maybe give us your Instagram or your email. How can people find you? How can people reach out to you if they wanted to look? into like a coaching inquiry um you know mariana Oops. the lady first свои координаты дайте если люди хотят работать с вами coaching so my instagram is power my hand okay uh sergey's uh, doctor uh, sergey Dr. Power Sergey. Oh, Sergi. Dr. Power Sergey. <laughs> okay. Doc so your Instagram is Power Mine. Yours is Dr. Sergey. Dr. Power Sergey. Okay. Yeah. And yours is uh, mine's uh, Planet Mike. So my my thing is uh -huh. I work uh, objectively a lot. And yeah. Um, I get more into blood work okay. analysis. Yeah. Hormonal optimization. Yeah. Health optimization. Yeah. And helping athletes to, uh, let's say, if, if if their health markers are off, uh -huh. I'm your guy. I'll get yeah. you. I'll get you healthy. That's really cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Where can people find you? Uh, at planet mike ig planet mike ig yeah. awesome that's great well thank you guys so much for coming thank on thank you it was yeah it was very it was a pleasure to have you i think it was very interesting this is the first time i've used a translator to communicate <laughs> but I, i think it did pretty well i wasn't really sure what to expect but i think that was pretty pretty uh pretty cool so thank you thank you guys for listening um we ran a little bit longer today but we got a lot out of it um we'll leave it at that so uh everyone have a great day and thanks for coming out thank, thank you, you. Thank, you. Thank, you. Bye. thank you